Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week. This week, we have a lot of news to cover, including why is Alabama's PBS being such a bridezilla about an animated gay wedding? Can you get addicted to naughty nurses and horny pizza delivery guys? Could OG rapper Ice-T's Amazon Prime membership make him a prime suspect in a murder case? Plus, entertainment news and movie trailer reviews during trailer talk and much, much more. I'll be recapping the week with two incredible co-hosts, Anthony Tone Show Nunez. Make it so. And Sherry Nova. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I got distracted because you said make it so. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, how dare you say that? I should have said that. Oh, my God. We're off to a great start. All right, Tone. (laughs) What was happening on Monday? On Monday, social media was buzzing about the Alabama public television station that announced it wouldn't be airing PBS's Arthur episode that included a same-sex marriage. In the episode, Arthur and his friends attend their favorite teacher, Mr. Rapper's nuptials, to his partner. The Alabama station preempted the episode titled Mr. Rapper and the Special Someone and decided to show a rerun of Arthur. APT previously pulled an episode of Arthur in 2005 when Buster, a bunny character in Arthur, visited a girl who had two mothers. Mike McKenzie, director of programming at APT, said they have no plans to air the episode at a later date. In an email, McKenzie wrote, Although we strongly encourage parents to watch television with their children and talk about what they have learned afterwards, parents trust that their children can watch APT without their supervision. According to PBS, the series Arthur is for children who are four to eight years old. Do you think that's too young to be invited to Mr. Rapper's animated gay wedding? Hmm. All right, Sherry, I'm going to let you go first because you have kid kids. Um, I, that is, that is a fantastic question. So I'm all for people, um, being able to express themselves and loving whoever they want to. I am all about that. However, I'm not sure that it's a subject I would want to be, um, trying to explain to my young children. I, I wouldn't really I don't know. It's it's hard to explain how I feel about this. So I, I wouldn't want them to, I just wouldn't want them to have that conversation so early on. But later, I would want them to know that it's okay. I'm not saying it's not okay. Am I making any sense at all? Yeah, you're making sense. All right. No, t- that didn't sound convincing. <laughs> <laughs> you're really making sense. No. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, Tone. What do you think? Is you have a little one who's almost she's like a year away from being in the target demographic for Arthur. Uh, having a three-year-old, um, as she asked me a whole bunch of questions and stuff on TV, and and something like this, I would just clearly, if she asked me, "Hey, Daddy." Um, how come Arthur's friend is marrying uh, Arthur's friend has two daddies I would just be like Arthur's friend has two daddies and go about my day 
Um, she's fortunately at an age, which I think three and four year olds were, they'll take what you tell them as is like, they're not, they don't really question why they just basically say, okay, and move along. I think this is the parents and people who, again, who are, are creating an issue. I don't think there's an issue at all. Um, discrimination and biases are definitely taught to children. My daughter doesn't know to see this as wrong or anything like if there's anything wrong with this at all, which there isn't. So I don't think there's a reason. I don't. I don't think I'm concerned about this. If she saw, by the way, these are two. These are not even people we're talking about on TV. These are like these animals. Uh, these are like yeah, animals. Um, the anima, anima. I was about to say animatronics, but uh, no, these are these are based anamorphic animals. So basically, these aren't even people we're talking about. So I think it's kind of ridiculous that people are imposing their beliefs. Or, or their biases on children, thinking that this is this is going to cause children harm. Children are going to look at this and just move on to something else. That's what I think. Okay, I have developed my opinion. Okay, so <laughs> I do not think I do not think that they should pull the episode, but I do think that parents still have the job of monitoring and choosing what their children watch. So if there's a parent who has a problem with this, don't let your kid watch Arthur. I do not think that it should be pulled. Okay, well, the funny thing about it to me is, as the non-parent, <laughs> this is how I come down on it. Um, even I don't understand what the issue is for anybody involved, and this is why. If you're in Alabama and you are uh, have a problem with gay marriage and your kid sees this and your kid says something or asks you about it, your response is, uh, uh, the first part it goes to everybody. Like the question is, why is Mr. Ratburn marrying another uh, a boy? It's like, well, um, most uh most boys like girls and most girls like boys, but some girls like girls and some boys like boys. Because we are of a certain religion, we our Bible teaches us, or we believe that this is wrong. But that still doesn't stop the fact that that's the case. So yes, some some uh, there are some people who get gay married, and most people get straight married. So if you're for it or against it, it's still something that exists in the world. So mm -hmm. I don't the idea that you're going to hide it from a child that they're not going to go out into the world or have a real teacher who has uh you know who's uh has uh whose uh partner is the same sex or a coach that's going to have the same sex or or somebody at the working at the library or something if a kid ever actually wandered into an actual library um, <laughs> <laughs> they're probably lost on their way to the apple store but anyway <laughs> like is this the apple store no it's a library oh okay i better go anyway <laughs> um, so I don't under I honestly don't understand the controversy about this in 2019 that this mm -hmm. is still a thing uh, that it, that they're worried about or that parents are gonna uh, I guess they're pulling this because they think parents are gonna complain or they're you know we want parents to watch it with their kids like what happens if they see Mr. Ratburn get married to another dude you know just like nothing nothing's gonna happen because if kids are gonna grow up in your home they're, if they're if you're all churchy they're gonna go to church and be indoctrinated I mean taught um <laughs> that um you know uh same-sex uh couplings are wrong and um and then you know grow up and meet uh you know somebody in college and then experiment so anyway so it just seems like much to do about nothing and i guess we can say that we move forward because of this story there was only one station i was able to find any information on that they were pulling so 
a long time ago, or not even that long ago, I'd say 10 years ago, we would have had a lot more stations and a lot more of an uproar about this. I mean, most of the uproar about this on social media was just stunned that there was a station who had a problem with this in 2019. It's ridiculous. All right, so let's move on to Tuesday, Tone. All righty, on Tuesday, Jada Pinkett Smith talked about being addicted to porn at one point in her life on her Facebook watch show, Red Table Talk. The actress revealed that she was addicted to adult movies right before her marriage to Will Smith, saying, I had an unhealthy relationship to porn at one point in my life where I was trying to practice abstinence. Various international studies have put porn consumption rates at 50% to 99% among men and 30% to 86% among women, according to the American Psychological Association Handbook of Sexuality and Psychology. According to pornography statistics compiled by Covenant Eye, a site that filters porn sites, 79% of 18 to 30-year-old American men watch internet porn at least once per month. And 76% of 18 to 30-year-old American women report that they watch porn at least once a month. Do you think that pornography is something people can actually be addicted to? Or like pizza delivery guys who get paid in sex and naughty nurses who use healing powers of penetration. Porn addiction is just a fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts, people. Uh, our writers are so funny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They are pretty witty, if you ask me. Um, okay, so obviously, yes, people can get addicted to porn, people can get addicted to anything. And I definitely watched that episode of The Red Table, and uh, I was definitely uh, shocked by how forthcoming Willow was. Uh, just very open and uh, freely speaking uh, about her experiences. I was like, oh, but <laughs> um, I, I have, I understand her using porn to get through a period of celibacy. I don't know if guys ever have this same experience. Um, I, it sounds like she was choosing to not, have sex I don't know if guys really have those sorts of periods and um porn is just kind of like what's available that's what I imagine it to be like but I hope I'm wrong um but I also had a period uh, in my life where I was choosing celibacy and while I did not make porn that um avenue for myself there was something similar and you guys probably don't know so I'm going to school you on something there are these audios where um there is a a, the person who creates it uh, a guy in the case of me and he talks to you in like a first person basis and he makes it like that you and he are the only two people in the room and at the end there's sex but it's an audio experience only and I used audios like that to get me through that time period in my life so I think it can be very healthy and helpful um, for getting through um, certain periods of your life, but I'm pretty sure that has nothing to do with what people generally use porn for. Okay. Oh my God, Sherry, is that like an AMSR, whatever the? It's totally like that. 
And there was oh this guy who God. I was subscribing to on Patreon. I only listened to his audios and he would come out with new ones. And some of them talk about how special you are. And at the end, there's sex. So it's like, yay. Well, why wouldn't he have sex with you when you're so... <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. He doesn't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everybody who, everybody who, uh, who subscribes to him on Patreon is special, I guess. That's how Absolutely. it works for him. Yes. You're, all, you're all special and worthy of my penis because, you're, <laughs> because you subscribe to my Patreon account. We pay Yay. him. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Anyway, yeah, he's a private dancer, a dancer for money. He'll do what you want him to do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so. Yes, it's like ASMR. Uh, yes. yes. Okay, yeah, I, I thought that was the case. All right, yeah. I, I have a few favorites of that kind of thing on uh, on YouTube, so I understand. Okay, mine doesn't include sex, but I do understand. <laughs> but as far as the relaxing nature of somebody whispering to you, yes. All right, so I guess I'll go first because Tone is like, like I don't know, like, he is—he is in the middle of church silence. I mean, literally, you can hear a pin drop. It is amazing how quiet he is. All right, I can—I can hear my heart beating as tone because tone is so silent. All right, so. Um, as far as addic- addiction to porn goes, I also watched the Red Table Talk episode, and I was shocked at Willow, and um, I looked at something that Willow talked about. Willow said the first time she was uh, introduced to porn was at the age of 11, and that actually, according to a uh, recent study, is the median age that ch- uh, children first start looking at pornography is 11, which is super shocking. And so those of you who are a little older are thinking, well, I looked at porn when I was a kid. Well, when, when you were a kid porn was nudity that's what porn was it was a playboy somebody just naked or we talked about a few weeks ago we talked about uh the sports illustrated issue that used to be you know like the one of the crowning achievements in spankdom for teenage boys (laughs) was (laughs) was having access to women in in skimpy swimwear now i mean the idea that there are like nine and ten year olds watching some really rough uh pornography that my fear is what is because everybody has access to porn in their pocket back in the old days you had to basically try to like you know uh wander into a 7-eleven or something and try to steal uh, a swimsuit (laughs) issue or steal a cat uh uh, uh, i had friends that like stole victoria their mothers never received their victoria secret catalogs never they never (laughs) got their like they would could repeatedly call like what well we sent it we don't know what's going on well it didn't come but yeah it came it came so um whoa So, <laughs> but there's a lot, there's a, to me, there's a big difference between look and enjoying the uh, nude or semi nude form. Uh, Cause some of us weren't even classy enough to have, some of us had to basically use any kind of sales catalog. Oh, it's, there's an underwear section. Oh yeah, this is mine. So anyway, <laughs> but now there's something really scary to me about, children seeing that kind of interaction and having no context for it and even when it comes to adults one of the things that they talked about on the red table episode was the idea that it it can create uh unhealthy expectations when it comes to sex and one of the guests that was on the show talked about how whenever his wife wasn't in the mood for sex he considered it to be a rejection because women in pornography are 
always ready. They always say yes. And if they say no, the no is temporary because if you if you push, they will eventually say yes and love it. And so uh, by watching so much porn, uh, I guess I, I, I didn't used to believe you could be addicted to it, but I definitely do think it's an addiction when there are signs that we're when it's destroying relationships when people are choosing to use pornography and masturbate versus being with their actual partner because i'm like jada pinkett smith i felt like pornography to me is a substitute for actual human interaction so if you don't have somebody with you you have this screen to kind of help move things along so to speak but when people actually have someone lying next to them and they're choosing the screen over flesh and blood, that is scary to me. And apparently a lot of people are doing just that. What do you think, Tone? I, um, I think 100% people can be addicted to porn because as human beings, we can't have compulsive behavior towards anything. That, that, that goes to alcohol, porn, drugs, uh, anime. Like you can be addicted to anything. So um, wait, what is anime? Well, anime. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's my fancy Kevin. way of saying it, like Tar oh, J. Okay, Kevin. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wait, do you mean anime? Yeah, like some people are really into like freaky anime. Hentai. Hentai. Yeah, like hentai. yeah, there you go. Um, I'm learning a lot about my co-host so, today. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> wow. A lot right. of people know this, Kevin. So uh, and, and I and I felt embarrassed about my shocking catalog confessions, but wow, I can't. <laughs> You guys, are, you guys are getting cartoon freaky. I am disturbed. <laughs> so this is, um, I think, very normal. Um, I think, unfortunately, just like every other, like a, a lot of things, life people can become, have an unhealthy relationships with them. But we also got to point to all the healthy relationships that, that there are out there. I think it's really interesting that there was a 3% difference between um, 18-year-old to 30-year-old men and 18-year-old to 30-year-old women. Um, I think women might be watching as much or more porn than men. I just think that oh, men no, feel more comfortable no, saying no, it. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, no. Remember, uh, this is self-reported, Kevin. Nobody's actually in the room with them. Okay, first of all, when they – the study, it's, it's basically uh, – they're talking about like uh, per month or whatever. So whereas women may be using porn or watching it once, twice a month, I think look at the numbers for men. It was something like it was like between 50 and 99 percent. Gee, which number do I think is closer to correct? Ninety nine percent. And that one, and the one percent that isn't using it, they don't have Internet. That's the only reason why <laughs> they're on a mountaintop somewhere and don't have Internet access. And that's why they're not watching porn. But but I do believe that women will see it occasionally. But I do think women have different kinds of porn than men do. Look at the success of something like that stupid um, Fifty Shades of Grey. There's no mist- that is pornography. Women are reading that with a shower massager. So, the, yes, that is absolutely pornography. It's just uh, uh, women can be visual, but more often than not, men are much more visual. So I do believe that the numbers are less for, uh, for women when we're talking about pornography like websites. Now, in the broader sense of, of pornography, like having some, some sexy-voiced man whisper to you about how special you are before he virtually bones you, then yes, yes. <laughs> there, there are all kinds of different ways to kind of you know make things happen and i think that women are more creative when it comes to that kind of thing I, I uh, yeah there's a huge business there that guy had like hundreds and hundreds of women paying him for these little audios that he would create so 
I think that women require a bit more than porn tends to lend us. And um, this particular guy hits all of the, the, the nuances that will draw women in and make them want to keep coming back. One of the things that is my complaint in porn is um, it's just like really raunchy and like, no, thank you. So, um, yes. You know what? It's what's interesting is I think it would be uh, smart for some like for some straight men to subscribe to that guy just to get tips on what women actually want to hear you say, because this guy has it down. They're willing to pay to hear what he has to say. So if you're saying if you're saying that for free, if you're saying that for if you're saying it, if you're saying it to them for free with an actual not virtual but real erection, you there's there's no stopping you. So it's just real. A, it's just real. Just a tip. Wow. <laughs> um, I didn't say just the. I said just a. All right. Just the. Let just me also um, just clarify something. I find it really interesting that, that Jada Pinkett Smith said that she used porn in the time in her life when she was practicing abstinence. Because in my experience, um, a lot of people use porn as an appetizer. Like you were saying, that's, that there, unfortunately, there's people who use porn in lieu of real sex. Some people use porn as kind of running a chaser, running into sex. So it's like, hey, let's have a little porn, you know, to get in the mood and then just go somewhere else. You're right. Um, yeah, but you know, that's yeah. interesting because honestly, I would find that hugely insulting. Honestly. But again, I'm single. So I don't, I haven't been married. <laughs> I haven't been married. But if I, my partner was all like, you know what? You're not quite doing it. Let's turn on the TV and see if that'll get me going. I'm like, all right. Yeah, you need to go. You never so- <laughs> pre-game? That's called pre-gaming right there. No, I would be insulted with pre-gaming as well because I am all of the game. The, I am Thank the, you. The, the start, the finish, Thank the middle, you. The, I'm the commercial breaks. I am all of it. So if anyone was pre-gaming me, I would like no. Yeah, you know what? Because there's someone on spate on Patreon who thinks that Sherry's very special, so she doesn't need you. <laughs> she doesn't need you. Maybe oh. there's someone on Patreon. Maybe there's someone on Patreon for me too. They'll tell me how great I am. Because, wow. <laughs> because I am. Yeah. Anybody who needs to basically have a a a, a, a virtual three way to get it going, yeah, you need to hit the bricks. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I just heard. I just heard. Okay. All right. Well, so let's move on to Wednesday. And with, this is a special Wednesday because this Wednesday is all about Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Okay. <laughs> so another retailer bites the dust as Dress Barn joins the ever-growing list of retailers going out of business. With more than 50 years in business and close to 650 stores, Dress Barn was not operating at an acceptable level of profitability in today's retail environment. Stephen Taylor, chief financial officer of Dress Barn, said in a statement, the women's clothing chain joins the likes of Tower Records, Blockbuster Video, Payless Shoe Stores, Toys R Us, just to name a few, who have gone out of business in this shifting market that favors online shopping. Do you think, guys, that in the near future, all physical retail stores, uh, all physical retail stores, will go out of business, or are they going to end up shoot, um, like shifting their business model to like completely online, or is there going to be no physical stores? Period. What do you think? Thoughts? 
All right, two okay. things. I've got two things real quick. Tone, you read that story with a lot of enthusiasm. You must have been excited to read that one. You know what, Sherry? It's, it's, Tone loves the fact that these dresses are 100% off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and two, I have never heard of the store before. What? So, I'm never. Never. And I'm wondering if that is a part of the problem because I've never heard <laughs> You've never heard of Dress Barn? I've heard of Dress Barn. You, Kevin? I have never heard of Dress Barn either. I, honestly, <laughs> who would, who, I, I, what I'm shocked by is that somebody thought that uh, calling a place Dress Barn was a good marketing idea. Correct. It's just like, Correct. You get, oh my God, Christy, where'd you get that dress? From a barn. Just like, <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? (laughs) Good question. I completely agree. So perhaps we have found what the issue is. Nobody knows they exist. Well, they don't anymore, and that's why. (laughs) No, I will answer the question since I already started talking. I definitely do not think that the the brick-and-mortar store is going to go away. I just think that... Um, they will decrease in quantity and some, you know, and we'll get more warehouses and just definitely have a lot more um, technological integration with shipping things online. But for sure, they will keep um, brick and mortar stores like the big one here, or the big one there, like the big Macy's in New York, stuff like that. So that's my opinion. Okay. Well, uh, one of the things I think is, interesting is the there's a new phenomenon called pop-up stores pop-up shops where um what is that okay that stopped thank you all right um, (laughs) uh, all right as i was saying uh pop-up shops um that the concept that basically this it's here for a finite amount of time you know everybody's familiar with kind of the halloween stores that just kind of show up Yes. Uh, in in some uh, in some closed Mervins or something like that, and they uh, they're there for like the month of October or se- in September, uh, and then they just vaporize. But there's a lot of really cool ones where there'll be like some kind of like New York is famous for these. They'll have like a a pop up Oreo shop where there'll be all of these Instagrammable like uh, locations to take crazy pictures in, and um, and you'll be able to buy some kind of random uh, specialty Oreo that you can only get that week in Oreo merch. That kind of thing. So I think they'll, they'll they'll always be a need for that because I think just like movie theaters will always exist when people talk about streaming, people people like the social. There's a social experience to shopping. Some people are more tactile than others. I agree with Sherry. There's going to be less brick and mortar stores. It's going to be the cream of the crop. There may be some shops that like are flex space that will flex between I'd say three or four different shops. So you might go there for one week and it's j crew you go there next week and it's victoria's secret that kind of thing where they'll have different events that are special and by making it a special thing people will come out specifically you know for this pop-up victoria's secret experience um anyway now if people are wearing a trench coat when they show for that special experience <laughs> has security escort them out of the building you have huh. to go huh. all right what do you think tone <laughs> I think we're moving towards a future where we'll have um, no physical stores. I, I really can't, besides going shopping for food and um, like going to Rite Aid to pick up some some medicine, I haven't been in a physical store to buy any type of like fashion product or any shoes in a very, I can't really, really recount. I get everything off of Amazon. 
So I really think that's the future we're moving into. And as this younger generation, um, Generation Z, that's more primed into getting everything right away, shipped to them instantly. Um, I don't think they're they're having those same experiences that we had when we were younger. So they're not they're even less attached to physical retail. So I think that's where we're moving to a future like that. Well, one thing that that really is putting another uh, nail in the coffin of brick and mortar retail is uh, Amazon's recent announcement that they're going from two day Amazon Prime shipping to one day Amazon Prime shipping. <laughs> okay, is that Sherry clapping? No. Be clapping. I'm happy about that. <laughs> oh my god! It's the but what's what's crazy is like there used to be a time of like the problem with what you why you go retail shopping was for instant gratification. Now it's pretty darn close to instant gratification. I I really feel that Amazon is like four to five years away from teleporting clothes and <laughs> goods into your house. They're that close that you'll like you'll order something and it'll like. It'll like you know energize, and it'll <laughs> appear in your living room, like three D printed, right? They'll send you like the yeah. Basically, they're gonna make it so, and it'll be in your living room. Wow! And that I will I, at that point, I agree that will be the end of the brick and mortar store when you can have something virtually sent to your house, or when it's gonna be uh, custom like made for you. If it's if it's three D printed, it can be made specifically for your measurements. Then that'll be the death knell completely. But um, as an old school person, I mean, I remember I miss you mentioned one of the stories you mentioned that Power i records it isn't that isn't isn't toys r us because i never try if you can't actually if you know which way r goes i don't trust you i don't trust you <laughs> anyway so, but tower records yep. was everything when i was a kid literally when i would walk into tower records as a kid i would hear angel, I'd go, <laughs> I, would, I would hear angels singing it was so exciting and i was a person i always loved import music if it was i if, if it wasn't from the uk i didn't want to hear it and so, and so getting all getting all those imports and then sometimes japanese imports because japanese people have very good taste in british pop singers um what? oh my god it was <laughs> yes they oh my god they so do they so do. They love to swing out with their sisters. Anyway, um, I so um, miss the days of uh, warehouse uh, uh, music. I so miss the days of uh, just music stores were everything. The coolest people in the world worked at record mm -hmm. stores, music stores. They were always so cool. They were too cool for you. And a lot of them couldn't be bothered to talk to you and tell you where things were. But you didn't buy because they were, you're right, you are too cool to talk to me. It's okay, I'll find it myself. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> I miss those days. I think a component you guys um, probably don't have a lot of experience with in terms of going to a brick and mortar store is the female dress shopping experience. If you have, you mean in, in a barn? No, not a barn. I know nothing about shopping in a barn. Um, but if you are looking for a particular dress, you might try on 15, 20, 25 dresses before you find the one that actually fits your body and you actually like it. So I don't see how we're going to solve this issue unless we actually get the technology of smart clothes and they have the ability to just turn into a completely different garment or, you know, change uh, the way that it fits on your body in instant real time. I don't see how we're going to get around the dressing room experience of uh, trying on thousands of pieces of clothing for one event. 
Oh my god, you oh my gosh, you gave me a great idea. I hope I can just live long enough for the future where we have shape shifting clothes and the shape shifting dress murder, where someone programs a dress to be too tight and kill somebody. Wow. Oh my god, it's gonna be a good episode of Murder She Wrote 2088. Wow. That's like Venom three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's what's our next text story, Tone? Well, in a story that we could argue is completely related to the dress barn story. Rapper, actor, slash Twitter boss, Ice-T, sparked conversation online about the need for Amazon to identify the delivery people better. When he tweeted out, message to Amazon, now that you have regular people making your home deliveries, maybe they should wear a vest with Amazon delivery on it. I almost shot an MF creeping up to my crib last night, just saying. Amazon replied to the rapping OG, Thanks for reaching out with your feedback. I'd like to escalate this to our logistics team for review. Please leave us the details here, and we'll be in touch with you soon. Meanwhile, many on Twitter had a lot to say from those agreeing with Ice-T's point about the need for better identification when it comes to people accessing your home to those that thought if he ordered something on Amazon, he should have been expecting someone to deliver it. What do you guys stand on this? Do you think that Ice-T has a point that Amazon drivers and delivery people need to suit up, or is this just another case of misidentification? <laughs> oh, my God. I am, I am so glad you read that one, Tone, because I don't think any of, either of us would have known what the hell that meant. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to take this one first to say what I love is how friendly Amazon customer service is, because Literally, he's like, I almost murdered one of your employees. And they're like, thank you so much for letting us know. (laughs) Thanks for the suggestion that you almost killed our employee. That's great. So (laughs) that is so I agree with the people on Twitter. I was one of the people on Twitter that was saying, you know, if you ordered something, you shouldn't be stunned. that somebody's walking up to your house with a box. Oh my when God. you ordered something and the box says Amazon all over it and you have your and you have your Glock out locked and loaded, not cool, OG, OG rapper. And I just love you refer to him as a Twitter boss. Somebody clearly has an iced tea playlist on Spotify. Wow, Tone. Cop killer. <laughs> oh, no, 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 Amazon delivery killer, apparently. <laughs> what do you think, Sherry? Um I think that for safety reasons, aside from being murdered by uh, that rapper, that they should have some sort of identification. And I think that it should definitely be supplied by Amazon. So, I mean, it just it just cuts a lot of crap out. Oh, my gosh. You made a very valid point, because my guess is if they all of a sudden had a uniform or they had some special orange yellow vest that they had to wear to identify who they were. Who's going to pay for that? A lot of these are independent contractors, so they already aren't getting health care and other benefits. So I'm sure Amazon would be like, yeah, buy this yellow uh, uh, Amazon emblazoned vest no, no. that, uh, that um, Ice-T wants you to wear so you won't get shot. So that <laughs> – so hopefully if they do push this, um, I hope that those of you out there listening, if you're an independent contractor who works for uh, Amazon – you need to put them on blast if they try to make you buy these things and they don't just give them to you because you shouldn't have an extra added expense when you're already not getting health care. Correct. Amazon what do you think? should absolutely pay for that. And we live in a society where we love being able to identify people. 
especially people well, opening our doors. Oh well, yeah, people are, or or just walking up toward your massive mansion or whatever, or or I, that's the thing. Where does Ice T live? That they're able to like, you would think that he would have security that that a, a delivery person would even be able to physically get anywhere near his door. You would think that they would be at at some big gate with hedges, and they would hand it to some uh some security staff. Wow. All right. Well, what do you think, Tone? Other than Ice T is great. Uh, Ice T is definitely the boss on Twitter. Like I, I get so much enjoyment from his tweets. Um, he's always telling somebody to shut the f up. I'm like, I'm loving it. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> he sounds very witty, Tone. He really does. He, he is. There's a reason he he he's a legendary rapper. Um, but somebody on Twitter also posted a really funny picture. It was a Kevlar bulletproof vest, and it said Amazon on it. I got so much enjoyment from that. Shout out to whoever did that. <laughs> uh, but I think it's a it's a given. I see hit it on the head this time. Like they should have some type of identification. If people are gonna have this um, entrance accessibility to your home and your residence, they should have some type of like you know you know how um, UPS has the full brown suit. They should have like a full orange suit or something. Or a hat or something that says Amazon. I completely agree. This is a no-brainer. No Way to go, Ice T. Well, basically, also my fear would if if Amazon all of a sudden does come up with that, I'm sure the people that if you're a criminal or have ill intent, you'll just get that Amazon shirt or Amazon vest and be and still be creeping on people's windows, and then and it, then Ice T won't know to shoot you because you'll be wearing the vest. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be in his house murdering his family before he can shoot you because like well he was wearing a vest so <laughs> Amazon right, so... can't win what you can they <laughs> they cannot alright so let's move on to Thursday okie dokie uh, people on Twitter were outraged on Thursday why you ask because there was a story making the rounds online about a healthy Shih Tzu mixed breed dog being euthanized in Virginia because a deceased owner wanted the dog buried with her. Now, in Virginia, pets are viewed as property under the law. So putting a dog down, even for this weird reason, would still be completely legal. Some people online pointed out that, that burying a dog with its owner in the same casket is something that most funeral homes and cemeteries, cemeteries, cemeteries won't do. While some spoke to the point that most veterinarians will not euthanize an animal if it's perfectly healthy, not in pain, and not terminally, terminally ill, regardless of the legality of it or not. Um, so what are your thoughts on this? Are people like getting too out of control with this, where they, they're expecting too much for their will? Or is this a case where, yes, this is the dog, this, the dog is the property of the owner, and the person should be able to do it if they want with the dog, dead or alive? Okay, uh, this story is so disturbing. I could not even write a funny, like, intro to it during the introduction because it was so disturbing. I was like, almost uh, all dogs go to heaven, but some go too soon. I couldn't come up with anything was, that was funny and did, didn't seem mean. But um, I have a real problem with this. The idea that it's property. What I don't understand is a couple things. There's a couple. A, this person was clearly mentally ill that did this who 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 put this in their will because normally what people do in a will if they have a surviving animal then they leave money one of the reasons why you'll hear some story every once in a while like millionaire leaves like two million dollars to their cat well the the reason why they leave the money to the cat is the person who's in who who takes responsibility of taking care of the cat gets access to that money via taking care of the cat and someone checks on the cat to make sure the cat is okay so or gets to still live in the same house or something like that so you do something like that in your will but you don't say oh kill my perfectly healthy uh pet and so their ashes can be buried with me that's beyond sick the second part of it is 
this person is dead. Who is making sure that this is happening? Because it was ashes. So what I would do if I worked at that basically at that veterinary shop, it's just like, it, uh, oh my god, Jeff's a smoker. You have any ashes, Jeff? Put them in a jar. Give them to the oh, here they are. Here's here's Scruffy. And then like we we adopt Scruffy and get Scruffy a new home. I, the idea they actually kill the dog because of the wishes of someone who was dead who could do nothing. They could do nothing, you know, from beyond the grave. I guess they could haunt them or something horror movie style. But other than that, there is nothing they could do. So I don't understand why this dog was actually killed with somebody's sick, you know, uh, 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 death wishes or something. It's, it's beyond bizarre, beyond sick. And yes, I guess legally you consider animals to be property, but as far as uh, killing them just because, no, that that goes beyond the idea. That go, Why isn't that considered? What, what did Michael Vick go to jail for? If that is an animal cruelty, mm-hmm. what the hell is? Mm-hmm. Sherry? Sherry? All right, so Tone, what do you think? Wow. So um, I read this story a, a couple times. When I, when, I, when I saw it online trending, I thought this was a case where somebody tweeted out something that wasn't accurate or wasn't, wasn't completely true. So when I look, went looking for the story and I found that this is a, something that completely did happen, the dog was put down, I was just like really like surprised. Like honestly, like the, the I didn't I didn't even get to the point where I was upset about like why would somebody do this? I, I was just so surprised. Like somebody would actually do this. It's it's really weird news. Let's just put it like that. I've heard about all these cases where um, billionaires or, or millionaires leave all this money to their dogs and their cats, and I thought that was outrageous. But this is a complete opposite, and it's it's just beyond what I think is acceptable. Um, some people online were saying that. Um, as outraged as people are about this story, they got to remember that hundreds, if not thousands of, of animals uh, get euthanized every year, completely healthy animals because they, they can't find a proper home for them. So the fact that people are upset about this particular case, they were saying is kind of outrageous. Um, but I think regardless of how many animals are being euthanized yearly, like this is an animal that I don't think should have been put down. And I completely agree with you. Like, why did this person follow through with this will? Like, what's stopping this person from releasing the dog or, you know, rehoming the dog somewhere and just presenting the ashes? Like, it's just ridiculous. I don't I don't know how this actually happened. Yeah, the, it, it, this is a really disturbing story. And and the idea that people and I I heard some of that uh, or read some of that online, too. People are saying, well, what about all these other uh, uh, pets that get euthanized? We can be mad about two things, people. Mm-hmm. We can be mad about animals that are euthanized because they're not adopted into homes. This animal was euthanized for even less of a reason, just to be buried with somebody alive. I mean, buried buried with somebody that is equally disturbing. So, yeah, we can be mad about two things. Thank you very much. What if the owner was like wanting instead, like what if the owner was concerned that no one would take care of the dog and then like the dog would go into a shelter or something? What if it was just to... Just a nice little closure. Yeah, but what would you get? Oh, okay. I wouldn't consider that to be a nice little closure. So it's like, oh, what if no one takes? What, what if no one takes care of Kevin? Shouldn't we just kill him now? <laughs> That's yes. We should kill him now. No, natural causes. Natural causes. <laughs> kill, 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 Kevin. Nah, Netflix, Kevin. Netflix is. Yeah, Netflix, Kevin. Um, no, the, okay. If 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 you're concerned, honest, on, understandably, if someone was sick 
and you have a pet, you're concerned about your pet. That's what you do. You ask people, would you be willing to take in Scruffy or whatever? Um, you ask people or you leave a little bit of money. If you have money, that's one of the reasons, like I said earlier, people, when you hear about millionaires leaving money to their cat or whatever, it's to make sure that the cat is taken care of. But you don't that's know what that if money the cat's going to be taken care of. Well, you know they're going to be murdered. Wait. At least they have a better. Ch- <laughs> at least they have a chance of not being murdered. What if this versus- person no. did ask and nobody wanted to take the dog? Well, I just find it hard. Believe the, the the if you saw a picture of the dog, which I saw online, the dog is insanely adorable. That dog was super adoptable. It was a purebred. It would be snatched up a lickety split. So that dog would have been living a nice life, uh, eating fancy feasts, sitting on a velvet pillow. So not cool. Mm. Not cool. Not cool, right, no bueno. So, yeah, so let's move on. All right. Um, I hope all of you guys can take a fruit punch because it's time for our weekly Friday food fight. Food fight. Food fight. <laughs> food fight. Food fight. <laughs> all right. For the first time in Hershey's 125-year history, their iconic chocolate bar is getting an Instagram-worthy makeover. This summer, you'll be able to bite into Hershey bars featuring 25 different emojis, including the smiley face, heart eyes, winky face, uh, peace sign, thumbs up, uh, and the thumbs up. You'll be able to find a few weirder emojis to snap off and share with friends, including the Vulcan salute emoji, the ghost emoji, and the cowboy hat wearing a, uh, uh, the, wait, uh, the smiley face wearing a cowboy hat. According to Hershey's, each chocolate emoji uh, was carefully chosen by parents and kids to feature meanings that would help spark conversations. So, is this a shameless attempt to appeal to Generation Z? Or do you think Hershey bars and emojis are two great tastes that taste great together? Mm, Hershey bars. Sherry? Well, I guess we can't say that they're not going with the times. But my only question is, is there a poop emoji? You know what? That that was my question. Everyone's favorite emoji especially the kids who they seem to be targeting so that's what i want to know well also i think it's one of the one of the things i guess is pretty uh, slick of them is that there's there's different versions of it and you don't know which one so you're gonna have to buy several bars to try and get all 25 emojis they're not gonna be 25 emojis on each bar they're gonna be 25 emojis total so to get all of it, find out if the poop emoji hershey bar actually exists you're gonna have to probably buy a quite a few bars no eggplant emoji. And to, oh, I'm sure there's no eggplant emoji. It's chosen, <laughs> it's chosen by kids. So, uh, and, uh, and parents. Yeah. They don't want their kids to see Arthur's teacher getting gay married. They don't want them to see a huge egg, throbbing eggplant emoji. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Or a peach. My or precious peach. ears. <laughs> oh, you're not so innocent, Miss Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice try, though. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so uh, are you guys giving a thumbs up to the emoji uh, uh, chocolate bars or not? I'm what gonna say you, a Tone? thumb up. I want to say a thumb up too. What the hell? All right. Well, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a thumbs a thumbs up square of chocolate then. All right. So this brings up. You know, I can't do a food fight without asking you guys a question. So 
since we're talking about Generation Z kids and their uh, taste in chocolate, I want to know what your taste in chocolate was when you were a kid. Like, what was your favorite candy or candy bar when you were a kid? And also, I want to know what was your favorite, what's your favorite current kind of candy, and has your taste changed with the times? All right, Sherry, you're up first. I really like those um, candy necklaces that you could eat. I don't even know what the freak they're called. but Candy I, necklaces. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, like, I really love those. I don't know, just chewing on the food around your neck and, and then it's, it's all gone and you're still wearing the, the little... The, the stretchy string? Yeah, the string. That, that was the one that I, I really loved when I was a kid. Well, it was a delicious candy. It was a fashion accessory and a choking hazard all in one. Mm-hmm. Covered all the bases. Uh, all right. So what about your adult taste in candy? Has it changed? I'm, I'm, oh I'm assuming you're not wearing God. candy necklaces anymore. No, but I, I, so I have this interesting relationship with Reese's. So I'm like kind of over the regular Reese's. And then I moved on to white Reese's because I love white chocolate. And then that got old. And then for Valentine's Day, um, they released these pink heart Reese's. Oh my God. Those are the best ever and but they're gone because it's not valentine's day just yesterday i tried this big reese's that's called um peanut butter lovers so the top layer is peanut butter um and and then like the bottom is the regular chocolate part oh my god they're so good yes (laughs) (laughs) reese's peanut butter lover you guys try it. It's way better than regular Reese's. It's it's way more peanut butter. It's it's perfect. Oh, my God. you know what's funny? I actually saw on YouTube somebody reviewing the peanut butter lovers. There's the peanut butter lovers and there's the chocolate lovers. And I saw it has like a layer. You're right. A layer on the top is like some kind of peanut butter confection or yes. peanut butter flavored white chocolate or something on top. It's not white and- chocolate, but it's perfect. Oh my God! It looks so amazing, and hearing your hearing your incredibly enthusiastic review, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to try it because I am a peanut butter lover. All right, Tone, what about you? What was your old school candy faves? I'm gonna um, it, it's probably not politically correct to say, but when I was a kid, we had these chocolate cigarettes that came in a cigarette box and it looked like cigarettes, but they were really chocolate. I used to down a whole box of those chocolate cigarettes, and now obviously you you won't find those, so. It's something that I really miss about my childhood. I think back to just smoking. They were like chalky chocolate. So you oh can like God. smoke them. You remember those? Oh my God. Not chocolate, but not chocolate flavor, but they were chalky and white. I had, I never had chocolate, but those were good. Yeah, they were like, but my, they also had chocolate flavor. But yeah, they were kind of chalky inside and they had the white, yes. regular white chalk one and they had a chocolate one. I like the chocolate ones. Wow. Oh my God. I am shocked that b- both of your parents were just fell. They just were. <laughs> Oh my God. Somebody should have called Chopperative Services because your parents let you develop a candy cigarette habit. That is so disturbing. All right, All right. I am very, you guys had sad childhoods. All right. So, <laughs> what, is your, what is your current uh, uh, candy passion? It's going to sound like I'm copying, but I, Hershey's, I'm a big peanut butter lover too. And Hershey's peanut, um, peanut butter cups is my favorite chocolate right now. I, I haven't tried the super peanut one that you're talking about, so I'm going to have to check that out. Oh, you will not. You will not be miss. You will not be upset with your choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! Wow! I <laughs> bought two packs today, guys. I had one pack yesterday, and today I went to the store and got two packs. That's a lot for me. I don't well, eat candy the, like that. 
One thing I will say, Sherry, you gotta be, you gotta, you have to have the game that the people do with when it comes to the Reese's uh, Easter egg uh, candy. People will go to the store and literally fill their cart up and they put them in the freezer because the ratio of peanut butter to chocolate in those Easter eggs is on point. You're right. Yeah. They are insane. And so now that you've told me about the Valentine's one, I will be I will be rolling up with a shopping cart, filling it up with those pink hearts filled with peanut buttery goodness. Um, yes. Now that you've given me the heads up on them. So They're I delicious. Have, yeah, I have some Reese's peanut butter eggs in my freezer as we speak. Thanks so, for that tip. Yeah, I am a fan of peanut butter. I'm a fan of candy. So my, my old school thing when I was a kid, it was all about the Snickers. Um, it, it was a fistful of peanuts in every bar, and it and it turned out it really did satisfy. It really did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was all about the Snickers. I was never as a kid. I was never into just like sugar candy. Like when it come to when it came to things like you know uh, Jolly Ranchers or uh, Starburst or Skittles. When it came to Halloween time, it's like get that away from me. I would trade. <laughs> I would trade Skittles. For M and M peanuts with other kids, I uh, so it, it had to have peanuts, it had to have almonds, or it had to have crispy, you know, rice krispies in it, or like Nestle's Crunch. I want something. That's another thing. When it comes to this emoji chocolate bar, it's gonna only be the regular plain chocolate, which is like, who is that for? That is the right. most basic. That is the most basic bitch candy you can ever have. Absolutely. Is a plain chocolate bar if you're going to eat plain chocolate it's going to be better quality than that hershey's chocolate which is does not is, is not a, you need something else going on it's not enough by itself and putting emojis on it is not enough for me thank you very much so my current uh confection uh, confectionery passion is have either of you guys heard of the hershey's gold bar yeah no. that's pretty okay i think it tastes kind of plasticky though Oh my God! Something you need to go to a doctor and get your tongue checked out. <laughs> something's wrong with it, Sherry. Let me explain what the Hershey's Gold Bar is all about for the, for all of you Hershey Gold Bar virgins out there. Oh my God! Because you're, you're going to want to you're going to want to change that really quickly. All right. So what it is is it's white chocolate that's infused with uh, uh, salted caramel, and then they add uh, chopped up roasted peanuts and delicious bits of pretzel and Whoa. it takes it takes your tongue on a salty sweet chocolate adventure and it has crunch along the way it is very good in fact after you get through having your first one you're going to want to relax and cool down and bathe in the afterglow with a chocolate cigarette that's how good it is you're obsessed with nuts <laughs> <laughs> Only if they're salted. Only okay, if they're salted. but like it is good. But after I kept eating it, I don't know. There was like this aftertaste, and it was kind of plasticky. But I think the first, I don't know, four bites were very good. All right. Well, that's 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 nature's way of saying to only eat four bites. Yeah. But for the rest, for the rest of us who can handle a whole bar, I'm a man. <laughs> I can eat a whole bar. Thank you very much. Oh and it is insane. So that yeah, that is my chocolate uh conf- my chocolatey confession. All right, Tone, I think it's time to um, move on to one of our favorite parts of the show, a little something called trailer, trailer talk. talk. Trailer talk. Trailer talk. Trailer talk. Trailer talk. Trailer talk. <laughs> okay. 
Apparently, Game of Thrones actor Sophie Turner is not too hot on the viral petition that got one million signatures demanding that HBO remake season eight of Game of Thrones. I think it's disrespectful, Sophie Turner told the New York Times during an interview. All the hard work the crew, writers, and filmmakers put into the last season and over the last 10 years producing this show. What do you guys think? Does Sophie have a point? No, you don't, Sophie. If you if you actually were working that hard, you'd be actually get those coffee cups out of the shots and water bottles out of the shot. So nice try, Sansa. Yeah, Queen of the North, my ass. I get uh, I get her point. I get her point because she, as an actress, and other people worked really hard. But that's not what the petition is saying. Isn't the petition just complaining about the writers? Exactly. No one's nobody's saying that that they're uh, that the actors weren't incredible with what they had to work with. People are upset about the choices and the writing because once the show went off book, once they went past mm-hmm. what JJ uh R J what's his what the hell is his name? R. Martin. R J George J. George. You know who I'm talking about. George R. Binks Martin, whatever his name is. We know, you know who it is. You George know who R. 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 Martin. George, George R. 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 Martin. Martin. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You don't you get to have two middle initials. Hey, you're not. You're not special. R. Martin. <laughs> He's a pirate. George R. R. Martin. R. R. Martin. All right. Yeah. Uh, so people are complaining about the how the writing just literally went off a cliff once they went uh out past the books. So that's the issue, not the acting, uh, Sansa uh, or Sophie Turner. We all loved your acting. You'll always be the queen of the North in our hearts. But, yeah, the, there were definitely issues. In fact, if Sherry was on, wasn't still on, uh, in the summer of, of, of season one, <laughs> yeah, we, would, we would be reading this yes. finale. I have oh so many God. hateful things to say about it that I can't <laughs> out of respect for my co-host. Wow. So. Yeah, uh, relax, Sansa. Relax. Actually, yeah. I don't mean to, to to change the subject, but I I ran into a spoiler. Oh no! I oh, one, one thing. You know what? I better be nice to to Sophie Turner because I think she's the Dark Phoenix now. So she can kill me by <laughs> she can kill me by blinking at me. So yes. I'm not going to say anything. She, you're, you know what? You're great, Sansa. You're great. All right. You what do you think, Tone? You better recognize. Oh, uh, I think she has the right to her own opinion, just like the million people who signed the signature. Like I don't. First, obviously, she 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 was on the show, so a lot of people. Have, she has that. She definitely has a lot of pull by um, that that she gets all this attention. But I think she's entitled to her opinion. People shouldn't hate on her for her opinion. Just like I, I think they should remake season eight. We all should have our opinion. What do you think, Cher? Yeah, but but I feel like she's not either not getting what everybody's upset about. Or she doesn't really care what everybody's upset about because she's making it sound like no one is appreciating or valuing her hard work and the hard work of everybody who worked on the show. But that's not what everyone's complaining about. They're complaining about the writing, which is the foundation of of everything that they did. So it's like she either doesn't get what they're complaining about or she's just kind of defending everything as a whole. So I think she's entitled to her opinion, but either she doesn't get what everyone's complaining about or she doesn't care. Well, also, I agree. She has a right to her own opinion, and we have the right to our opinion that her opinion is full of crap. So (laughs) (laughs) I concur. That's that's what we're doing. Yeah, no, she's absolutely wrong. 
agree with Sherry. I agree, I agree with I agree with Sherry. Our issue is with the writers, not with her acting or Peter Dinklage. Again, he is a lock to me for an Emmy nomination for the final season. Mm-hmm. As is uh, the actress who plays uh, uh, Aria. They, oh my God, and and Brienne of Tarth. My God, if they don't recognize her with an Emmy nomination. I will, oh my God, I will get my dragon and I will fly over to the Emmy committee and light them up. Dracarys. Dracarys. <laughs> Dracarys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving along. Sonic the Hedgehog director Jeff Fowler announced that Sonic the movie will be delayed until February 14, 2020, so they can get things just right. If you guys remember, there was some freaky um, a teeth thing happening in the trailer, and a lot of people weren't convinced with this Sonic. So it looks like they're going to get it right and push the movie back to next year. Well, yeah, because we, re- we actually reviewed that trailer here on uh, Last Weekly, and we were not fans because uh, Sonic was hella creepy looking. Mm-hmm. So they said they were going to try and rework the model of Sonic. And even in the stories that I saw posted about the fact that they were delaying the release of the movie, they showed a picture of Sonic, and it was disturbing just to look at him in that still frame. And it was just like, oh, my God, please fix him, fix him, fix him. They need to get, <laughs> they need to get whoever worked on Detective Pikachu – because the and the Detective Pikachu, shockingly, I don't know how they did it, but they managed to get all of those Pokemon characters rendered in 3D looking right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Pokemon, I mean, Pikachu in particular, was insanely adorable. And, mm-hmm. and, and he was a detective, so that makes him even cuter. Oh, he's solving, you're solving crimes, aren't you? You're so cute. <laughs> Whoa. Um, Sherry, any thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog being pushed back to 2020? I mean, if that's how much time they need to fix that, then please do. Don't make me <laughs> cry. I, I I agree with Sherry. That's exactly how I feel. Like let let them let them take their time because they're only going to get one tr- one shot at this, basically. Um. So moving along, Star Trek Picard teaser trailer. So Star Trek Picard is coming fast, guys. We were teased with a very I'm talking about a very quick tease, a very quick tailor for CBS's all access series that will have Patrick Stewart returning to the role of Sean Luke Picard. And um I was hella excited to see this trailer. And it's so it's so little, it's it's, it's so really a tease. Did you guys see this? Yes, we of did. Of course and, we and, did. You know we I, saw I, it. And I absolutely got to say, you know what, uh, uh, last weekly fans, I fought for you because this lunatic tone wanted this, wanted this like 20 second teaser to be one of the trailers we reviewed this week. And I'm like, what are we reviewing? The logo? It like it's there's nothing. There's nothing in this teaser. We see some like futuristic like of uh, of. Uh, uh, watering apparatus in a farm i mean other than that there's like nothing going on in it so yeah i fought for you i fought for you. so you guys know who to blame that you didn't get star trek picard Kevin. correct mm-hmm. yes but yes blame me for us not, not talking about the fact that, that we're watching we could we could we're, oh so what did you guys think when picard was walking past through the vineyard touching the leaves <laughs> wasn't that incredible how his hands when he touched them the leaves moved and everything wow Wow. Yes, that's correct. We have less we have less Star Trek talk because of you, Kevin. Because of Kevin. So just make a note on that. What wasn't it cool <laughs> how they you how they made the how, wasn't it cool how they made the A in the Picard logo the actual symbol for Star Trek? Wasn't that cool? Wow. 
Wow. There were lots of talking points in that trailer, Kevin. Thank you very much. We could talk about the the line of questioning by by the the woman's voice who was speaking. We could talk about the the wonderful tone of her voice. Was it soothing? We could talk about how how Picard aged or or hasn't aged. Oh my God! There were so many talking points. All yes, right. Kevin. Well, you know that's that's gonna be a bonus episode of last weekly where tone and, and, Sherry, <laughs> and talk, Sherry and and they talk for forty five minutes about the tone of the unsingled <laughs> voice. Uh, I look forward to hearing about that episode because I will not be listening to it myself. Uh, <laughs> so on to the next piece of news. So it's very rare. We just talked about Star Trek, and now we're gonna talk a little about Star Wars because. This week, we also saw the hashtag May Solo 2 happen hashtag trending on Twitter, referencing the fact that fans, some fans at least, want a sequel to the very polarizing Solo movie, which, which it, was, it was a decent box office success for Disney, but it was not the Star Wars juggernaut that the fans and everybody else expected. Um, is there a movie out there, guys, that you want a sequel for but did not get one? Kevin? Okay, you know what? Um, let's see. There's a movie that I love called Practical Magic that should have been a series of films. It was a it, it starred of uh, uh Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, and they were witch sisters that were cursed that any man they fell in love with would uh, would die. Anyway, that movie was so fun. It was so good. I would like to see a sequel uh, to that. Another Sandra Bullock. Basically, all my picks are Sandra Bullock movies. Uh, <laughs> the, the, while You Were Sleeping, I needed a sequel called While You Were Awake. Uh, so I'm still mad about that. So, yeah. I, uh, so there's a, a few. Oh, when Harry, when Harry met Sally and when, uh, when Harry re-met Sally after they got divorced and they meet again. Anyway, there's yeah, there's several movies that should have gotten trailers. I mean, should have gotten a sequel that didn't. In fact, you mentioned Star Wars. Star Wars Rogue One was everything until absolutely everyone in it died. And I'm like, what? There'll be no sequels. <laughs> so I need a prequel for Star Wars Rogue One. The man is asking, Sherry. <laughs> Well, I want to say that, um, Kevin, you have wonderful taste in in being a fan of Sandra Bullock because she is someone who's close to my heart also. And I, you know, I almost am going to forgive you for that um, Picard thing. You remind me of another exactly. one. You remind me of another a sequel I need. I need a blind, the other blind side. So, yeah, thanks. Go ahead, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> um, my choice, the first when you first mentioned it, I was like, you know what? I wanted to see Hackers 2 with Matthew Lillard and, oh my God, I forgot the actor's name and and um, and all the other people who are in it. <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> all of them. Hackers 2. Does anybody, does anybody remember Hackers 1? Yes. Good. That is all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about you, Tone? What would you like to uh, see get a sequel? Uh, and anyone who's really into science fiction, or um, anybody who's a really big fan of horror specifically, because this, this is horror, you should check out the Optis, the Autopsy of Jane Doe. Um, it's a great horror flick. Um, very unconventional the way it was done, and it's I think it's very interesting. So anybody who's into horror should check that out. And we did not get a sequel to it. And it's one of the movies that I'm like, a sequel would have been so good. The Autopsy of Jane Doe on Netflix right now. Okay, you mentioned horror. Reminded me of one thing that definitely needs a sequel. But I don't need a sequel as in another rehash 
uh, or a continue. I need I need a story that tells us the origin of the what happens in the first movie. It follows two. Stop oh, following me. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> that I, I, but I don't know. I don't want one where we just we just have a new group of sexy teens that get murdered. I need it to answer questions of how the hell this got started, and I need those sexy teens to end it once and for all. Ooh. <sighs> Again, it follows two. Stop following, following me. <laughs> <laughs> or or it follows two. Unfollow. Wow. And finally, um, today, disgraced movie producer Harvey Weinstein appears to have reached a settlement of $44 million to settle civil lawsuits with some of his accusers. Uh, this, again, wow. is civil lawsuits we're talking about, guys. He's, uh, he's still facing criminal charges. Um, Ashley Judd responded on Twitter to the news by tweeting, My lawsuit is ongoing, and I intend to take Harvey Weinstein to trial. Oh my God! Good, good for her because the, the 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 whole point of settling is to not have people talking about it more, not have a trial, not have evidence come out, not have people come forward and tell their story. Each woman, one after the other, about how this man systematically destroyed their careers for not having sex with him. So I I'm I'm I I. I stand with Ashley Judd. I support her. I'm glad she's doing it. So at least there'll be one. Uh, a hearing of of this whole thing uh, in court, people under oath, uh, and not just him. What I want the the his assistants and the people at the studio that knew what was happening that would leave these girls in offices and in hotel rooms with him alone, knowing what was going to happen, that were basically a part of this whole thing. They need to be mentioned and called out publicly as well. Boom. What do you think, Sherry? I agree completely. Um, if I was someone who was accusing him, I totally see the value in settling. And I'm not talking about the monetary value, but maybe you kind of just want it to end and you just kind of want to move on with your life. So I can see more than one value than monetary. But I think that she's very strong to just keep going and allow for, you know, this to, to, to get, I guess, for him to get the full justice that he actually deserves that makes well, her this, very brave it does but the monetary value does mean something because a lot of these women their careers were destroyed by him and so they do need some kind of uh recompense for you know losing their career so i hope that that money it can't make them whole but it can make things a little bit easier they can actually get health insurance and they cannot get shot by iced tea while they're delivering packages for amazon true true what do you think tone um I just wanted to to touch on the fact that he, um, some people on Twitter were saying, well, these women should have held off, you know, um, and taken them to court. But I, I really think that um, we have to appreciate that the fact that a lot, a lot of people are not in the same position. Um, while it's great, I think that um, that the Ashley Judd wants to go through with the trial. So, so everything can come out. A lot of people might not have the financial, the financial um, situation where they could, you know, withstand such a long shot, especially with someone who probably still has a lot of money to to fight this. So um, I don't think anybody should judge this or um, as far as, like, the outcome of this or say, oh, these people shouldn't have settled. Like, you don't know what the, the, the situation these people were financially. And I, the people who can't take them to trial, I think they should, honestly, because I, I think these things need to come out, like I, like you are saying. Um, but, yeah, we can't really – everybody, unfortunately, is not, not, not in the same position to fight this. 
No, you're absolutely right, Tony. I'm glad you said that. And I can't believe people would actually just come for some of these women, not understanding what their financial situation is. Like I said before, their careers were destroyed. They made some of them are working like as waitresses, uh, waitresses or working for Uber or something like that to pay the bills. And uh, so, if they can get uh, 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 a, a decent amount of the forty-four million dollar pot, they deserve it. They should take it and try to put their lives back together. So I agree as well. Um, so um, that's a really somber, way, uh, uh, really somber story before we went to trailer talk. So. Kevin, um, lighten the mood up. Tell them what's our very scientific rating system so the people at home, please. All right. So, yes, that was this. Wow, that transition was rough. All right. (laughs) All right. Our rating system when it comes to movie trailers works like this. There's three possible options. If a movie trailer did its job and it made you actually want to put on pants and leave your house and go to a movie theater and sit with strangers in the dark, then you give that movie trailer a movie theater. If the trailer was kind of okay and you might eventually check it out on some streaming service, then you give that movie trailer a Netflix. But if after you watch that trailer, you are enraged and angry about the three minutes of your life, you can never get back, then you give that trailer a kill. And when it comes to movie trailers, you only have two. I mean, TV trailers is there are only two options, either tune in or turn off. What's our first victim, Tone? First victim. Uh, first victim is Terminator Dark Fate. It's an action science fiction film directed by Tim Miller. It's being produced by David Ellison and James Cameron, which is one of the reasons the expectations for this film is so high, since Cameron is returning to the franchise that he ignited. Another person that's returning to the franchise um, that fans are really excited about is Linda Hamilton, will be reprising a role as Sarah Connor, as well as Arnold, you can't make a Terminator sequel without me, is back as well. Also, we have some new blood in this franchise with the addition of Mackenzie Davis, Natalia Reyes, Gabriel Luna, and Diego Boneta. And this movie is an alternate sequel to Terminator Judgment Day. So um, it would take the place of um, Rise of the Machines, Terminator Salvation, and Terminator Genesis. It's like those never happened. This is a direct sequel to the second James Cameron film, um, Terminator Judgment Day. Um, So what's the synopsis, Kevin? All right. Sarah Connor has returned from far away, and she's gearing up with a team of agents who will fight against T-1000. Ooh. Wow, that's a okay. Worst thing I want to say before we go into anything is I am really starting to get annoyed with this whole sequel that says forget these other four sequels. This sequel will be before this one, and forget those. No, the same thing with the Halloween franchise. Well, that exact Uh same crap. We're like, (laughs) okay, remember that other Halloween three and Halloween four and five, six, seven. Those never happened. This will basically be Halloween three. I'm like, no, you no. You mentioned earlier about you'll get a, oh, if Sonic the Hedgehog doesn't work out, they won't get a second bite. Tell that to the the people re- already rebooting uh, Suicide Squad. No, Hollywood is absolutely shameless at this point, saying forget all these other movies. This movie will come in. Yep. And I I, I actually have a real issue with that until I saw this trailer. <laughs> oh my God. Linda Hamilton is ready to kick ass and take names all over again. And damn it, I have to go with her. I ha- I am so mad. Plus, what I loved is there is this uh, 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 there's this new kind of defender uh, uh, person 
that's uh, watching over this girl that's being hunted by the T, uh, the new T-1000. And uh, I love when ha- Linda Hamilton says about her, she goes, I haven't seen one like you before. You're almost human. And the new badass gender nonconforming cyborg replies, I am human. And I'm like, human-ish. But... <laughs> <laughs> human light but not quite human but she is an absolute badass oh my god you know in fact oh my god she should have been playing the new Batwoman. oh my god she is she is uh she's a less sexy but more badass ruby rose mm. Mm. anyway i have to admit i am all about it i'm not gonna even play games i'm not gonna try to prolong it uh, movie theater movie theater movie theater Pass the popcorn. Wow. Cherry. I actually had just been wishing for another Terminator, and I can't believe that it's actually happening. Um, love the trailer. Love the energy. That, who I don't even know that lady's name. Anyway, she is badass, just like you said. I can't believe Arnold's in it. I am so freaking excited to see this. I want to go to the movies. I want to, like, go the first day that it comes out to go see this. So definitely putting on a skirt to go and see this at the theater. I just think it's going to be a really fun adventure. Oh, one other thing I got to say is another line that this is what made me finally like, okay, yes, 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 yes. When the woman, uh, the young girl being chased by the T-1000 asked Sarah Connor, how do we win? Sarah Connor goes, we win by keeping you alive. I'm like, oh, yes. Give me, take my money. Take my money. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. All right, Tone, what did you think? Wow. I, I hate to, to be the humdrum one. one. I, I'm a huge fan of Terminator. I'm a huge fan of, of all these like um 80 series like Predator, um, Aliens. And I'm really I'm really upset because I saw recently um the, the Predator with Shane Shane Black's movie, and I was disappointed. And looking at this trailer, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna be disappointed of the movie because I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of uh, pat myself back and say, you know what, take a chill tone. But the trailer, I found it disappointing. Being that I'm such a big fan, I really don't like it when they try to. I, I'm gonna call this Loganizing when they they tried to pull a Logan trailer. One, it was it was too muted in colors, and the music tried, I think, to cover of some of the scenes like i would have preferred it was if it was more dialogue heavy and we got more what the story is i don't know who, what the hell the story i don't know where john connor is in this movie if if that's linda hamilton and she's playing uh sarah connor where's the actor playing john and i, th- I thought the music was more of a cover-up a lot of times when i went to film school they taught us that, that you can always save a scene with music like you can shoot something really crappy but if you pick a good song you can cover up your, your cinematic mistakes and I thought that this was just lazy, using the song basically to cover most of the trailer. I would have preferred much more dialogue. So I was not a fan of the trailer at all. But I'm not going to say I think the movie's going to be bad. I just think the way the trailer was done, I'm not happy with it. So, Okay, my guess is what happened to uh, her son is either he's – my guess is he's been killed. Because my, my, I'm thinking is that this girl is Sarah Connor's grandchild. And uh, or what happened was because this is all about the future and going back in the past to change it, when they finally did succeed in killing Sarah Connor's son, that did not make 
when it ultimately happens not happen because there was some new person that rose up to taste to fill his shoes and that the girl that they're chasing is going to eventually grow up to be that person or the mother of that person and so they need to kill her and it's starting all over again or the woman is pregnant with the person that's going to do that and starting all over again and sarah connor is, is still in it uh, to basically uh, to stop what the the dark future that awaits mankind, um, or she's still mad about the alternate ending from the other <laughs> franchise movies, and she's like, and she's determined to go back in time and make those movies not have happened. Probably. Wow. So so the trailer for me was a kill, but I'm still looking forward <gasps> to seeing the movie. Oh I'm still God. looking forward to seeing the movie. Wow. I didn't like this trailer at all, guys. I, I thought it was some laziness in here. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. You could have at least given it a Netflix tone. Wow. I don't like the way they cut this trailer. I'm really looking forward to the next trailer. Okay, do I have to say it again? How do we win? We win by keeping you alive. Oh, God, I need to keep my hopes alive for this movie. All righty. Our next uh, victim is a Netflix series created by Mike Kelly that's available right now on Netflix. Uh, And from viewing the trailer, it clearly stars Renee Zellweger. It's 10 episodes long, and I would say this, this series, after watching the trailer, is as much as mystery to me as the trailer itself. So uh, what's the synopsis here, Kevin? Okay, there's actually two synopsises. All right, so the first one is, it's an anthology series which tackles a different morality tale, and uh, the uh, uh, ripple effects of a single decision that changes the trajectory of an entire life. So that's the overall series. But I believe that Renee Zellweger is the person who's giving people these options that's changing the trajectory of their life with these choices. And so this is a synopsis for the very first uh, of the 10 episodes. Putting their trust on the line, a couple considers a proposal from a notorious investor, a night with uh, Sean in exchange for funding Lisa's startup. So basically, Renee Zilberger says, I will fund your startup and basically make your dreams of getting your company off the ground come true. But I need a night with your fine-ass husband to seal the deal. Are you cool with it? And it's just like, is she going to say yes? Is she going to say no? Was it going to do their marriage? Was it going to do to her company? I, um, I was just, I'll lay it out right now. I can't wait. Uh, the whole show seems to, in the trailer, there's a lot going on. We see a lot of different people at kind of uh, forks in the road in their life. And Renee Zellweger is creating these forks and saying, you can go this way, you can go that way. Which way are you going to go? And um, there is a line that to me really uh, says it all. Uh, when Renee Zellweger's husband says to her, uh, the worst kind of victim is the kind that chooses to create uh, another and Renee uh, Zellweger claps back with a steely, cold as ice voice. I am no one's victim. So she is destroying lives with her super, with her richness and her and her fine, like you know, a uh, uh, woman of a certain age kind of cougarness. Because there's a shot of her where she's sitting in this chair and she's crossing her legs, uh, basically basic instinct style, looking at some cater waiter. Oh, it's about to go down, people. <laughs> It's about to go down. So I'm going to say when it comes to uh, uh, what again, uh, if uh, what if I'm the what if what if I don't watch, I have to see this. I am giving this a definite tune in tune in Sherry. Um, I'm going to I'm going to tune in because it looks 
interesting. I, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a chance. I think that Renee looks really actually good in this. This cougarness is, is as it was called by Kevin. Um, I'm, I'm gonna check it out. That's it. All right. What about you, Tone? Well, I didn't like the trailer at all. Like, I'm, I'm on a killing spree today. Um, <laughs> like, I didn't like this trailer. I didn't. Like, uh, I thought the first... I, I was watching, what, two minutes into this thing. I really hate, like, laziness as far as, like, w- when they cut trailers really lazy. Like, it, they were giving you all these sophisticated, sexy shots, but it didn't really add up to anything. There was no story. There was no narrative. It was only until the end of the trailer when we find out this chick is horny for this chick's husband. And, and I feel like they wasted like the first two minutes where they kind of just wasted my time. I'm looking and I kind of lost interest. And I'll give you one thing. Like this was a Renee Zellweger that I've never seen before. Like she looks like she's uh, like um, how I to get away with murder. Like she learned like that. I forget what the actress name. She's awesome. She's awesome and amazing too. Uh, but um, Viola Davis. Her best Viola Davis in this one. Like she's she's I, I thought she, she was doing her thing in the trailer. But I'm not interested at all to watch this. But I will hate watch this. I think I'll watch it to see how much I hate it. <laughs> so I'll hate watch this one right here. Well, but um, oh my I, God. I'll tune off on the trailer, but I'm going to watch it because it's on Netflix and I'm going to tell you how much I hate it. <laughs> That's what, you, what about you, Kevin? Well, like I said before, I'm, I'm absolutely, absolutely tuning in. And it, it had a real, the, the central of the, of the pilot, the idea is does anybody have uh, any memories of? Indecent proposal and indecent proposal. It had total flashbacks to that because that was when it was a millionaire, like a billionaire, Robert Redford, um, offers uh, the, a husband a million dollars to sleep with his wife, Demi Moore. Uh, and so he takes him up on it and it destroys their relationship. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. And I like the idea that all these 10 different stories are all tied to an insanely sexy Renee Zellweger. Just insanely sexy. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll say it right now. This is just. This is just a guess. But I don't believe this woman owns any underwear. She owns none. She owns none. Wow. So I will be watching. <laughs> All right. What's our last? What's our last? Oh, and not because she doesn't have any panties. That's not why I'm watching. I'll be watching just because it looks really good. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> okay, Tone. So what's our? What's our last victim? So our last trailer is also for another Netflix show. This one needs no introduction. Black Mirror Season 5, Episode 2 is the second episode of the highly, highly anticipated Black Mirror anthology series that will be returning for its fifth season, which sadly will only feature three episodes this time around. The specific trailer we're reviewing is called Rachel, Jack, and Ashley 2. It is directed by Ann Switzky and stars Miley Cyrus as a... Oh, second. Not not as a well-intentioned teenager. It stars Miley Cyrus as well as a teenager and a really creepy robot pet. Um, What's the synopsis for this? (laughs) Okay. All right. A lonely teenager yearns to connect with her favorite pop star whose charmed existence isn't quite as rosy as it appears to be. Who's spooky? Uh, see somebody else. All right, Sherry. All right, Sherry, you want to go first? Okay, so I just wanted to let you know that actually there are three new stories this season, which um, I've read. That means that there are three continued stories also in this new season. What? So 
Yes. So there are seasons from previous, um, there are going to be episodes from previous seasons that are going to be continued this season, as well as three new stories. All right, Sherry, way to come out, come, come out of nowhere with some deets, because I appreciate that, because I was about to read Netflix, and I'm like, wait, a three-episode season? Are you serious? Yes, no, so- they were specific in their wording of three new stories, and then I was reading through comments, and, and they were, like, um, talking about how they said they were going to continue three stories. I just don't remember which ones they were exactly, but they're exciting ones. Oh, 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 my God. Spoiler. What's the one? Juniper. 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 Juniper 2. What? Yeah. Okay, you just got spicy in here. I assume <laughs> there, must be a, there must be a Jupiter 1 is what I'm assuming. There was, Juniper so 1. A continuation, yeah. there, so there's a continuation with Jupiter 2. Juniper. Wow. Juniper. Right. Juniper. Oh, okay, Juniper. So Jupiter, Juniper 1, and now there's going to be a – for those of you fans of Juniper 1 – you're gonna get to the juniper. The juniper two you've been waiting for is coming. Thanks, Jerry. You're welcome. So yeah, there's uh, two more spicy continuations that are gonna happen, which is very exciting to me. I'm absolutely gonna be tuning in because Black Mirror for me is I'm gonna say, oh god, this is so okay. I, I can't say it. My number one sci-fi show available on Netflix right now because Doctor Who is no longer on Netflix. Um, I freaking love it so much i, I just want to shout to the rooftops to everybody that i know about black mirror even though my boyfriend's not into it oh my the only thing that can make it better sherry is if you're watching black mirror while eating a peanut butter lovers reese's peanut butter cup oh mm. now that's that truly two great tastes that go great together <laughs> extra flavor i know what i'm doing tonight gum. oh gosh <laughs> so you're tuning in kevin Will you be tuning in or tuning out? Oh. Okay, I have never seen an episode of Black Mirror. Not what one. in the hell? Um, I I didn't even know what Juniper One was. That's how I know nothing about it. Um, I actually after seeing this uh, trailer for it, it was actually pretty intriguing, and it's such a low commitment. I'm guessing that the episodes are an hour or less. Yes. Uh, are are they like thirty minutes or an hour? It's an hour. Ginger. Okay, then you know what? I will commit to seeing Miley, Miley Cyrus as a demented kind of robotic kind of uh, 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 character as well as the person she is because I don't know about you guys, but I was getting some serious Britney Spears uh, post-shave head umbrella attack vibes from the pop star that, uh, that, uh, that uh, Miley is playing in this. So I am, I am pretty curious about how it all goes down. So I probably will. That will be my introduction to Black Mirror. Okay, but isn't Black Mirror like our modern day anthology Twilight series? Zone. Queen, yeah, it's like, Twilight Queen, Zone. No, modern. modern. No, it's, it's a modern. It's a modern version of the Twilight Zone. Or the Outer no. Limits. Or Outer Limits, yeah. But isn't Black Mirror like the epitome of a of a anthology series? Yeah. What? what, what your point being? Well, what? how are you not watching it already? Um, I just, there's a lot of, I know about you, but I have a lot of stuff in my Netflix queue, a lot. And so it's in there. It's been there for quite some time. I just haven't gotten around to it. I say it's time you dust her off and give her a spin. 
I've been busy producing five-star rated podcasts, so I've had a lot going on, Sherry. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> Don't talk about me being in summer ever again when you aren't even alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tone, what about you? Like, when you said you haven't watched Black Mirror, like, you can't see this, guys, but my mouth dropped. Like, I really, like, my jaw dropped. <laughs> like, we give Sherry so much crap because she doesn't watch, like, some regular stuff that normal people know. But you disappointed me greatly, Kevin. I'm really mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. Well, well, first of all, why the mirror got to be black though? Because it's a screen we're talking about. Come on, <laughs> no, that's a. You, I know, I know. Ridiculous. Kevin, uh, you have homework. Yes. All right. What, you, what, what basically you guys are saying is what you guys are basically saying is black mirrors matter. Shame. Um, just to clarify tonight, guys, every trailer that we that we've spoken about, I did not like. But I plan on seeing everything we spoke about. So I, I really wanted there to be a distinction between the, t- the trailers and the actual content. I'm going to watch Terminator Dark Fate. I'm going to watch What If. I just didn't like the trailers. And I didn't like this trailer for Black Mirror. Oh, my God. I'm so mad. I'm such a big fan <sighs> of Black Mirror. I, I was down with Black Mirror. If you go to my YouTube channel, I made a video about Black Mirror before it was actually the thing. Like, everybody's not on Black Mirror's jock. I was on it before they started on the jock. I was jock. I was pre-jock. So... <laughs> I, I'm really upset that everybody's on the jock now. This trailer was... I don't like Miley Cyrus. Um, it's not like a personal thing. I just don't enjoy her at all. So I, Sounds pretty personal to me. I, I didn't like her in the episode. I thought, again, they kind of failed at telling us what the story was about in this trailer. Um, and the fact that they're pulling in all these stars... like I, re- I like Anthony Mackie as, as an actor, and I like Miley Cyrus because uh, Anthony Mackie's in the other episode, that the, the trailer... I don't really think Black Mirror needs um, celebrities or stars. Like, I thought it was cool that um, some of the stars from the prior Black Mirrors are now starting to be in other things. Like, for example, um, Black Panther's sister, um, Sheree. I always mess up her name. Uh, She was in a Black Mirror episode, so... You're right. Yeah, so I like that they actually get new actors and give them a spotlight. Like, bringing in actors that are are already... um, have their own following. Um, I think it deters from it because it's hard to see the, the narrative alone when you have someone in it. I call it Will Smithism. Anything Will Smith is in, it's like Will Smith is in Suicide Squad. Will Smith is in Terminator. It's Will Smith. So I wasn't happy with Miley Cyrus in here. I thought that she detracts from whatever story they're trying to tell. And I, I completely big, agree. I love it. Oh, but you know what? To, to be fair, she's playing a pop star. So if you're going to have her in something, it makes sense to have her playing a pop star. And I disagree with you. I feel like the trailer does tell you what it's about. I, this is my guess from seeing that trailer. The, there's, we see a lonely girl who has a thing for this pop star. And there's, they, they have some kind of marketing thing where they're saying this little robotic kind of version of Miley Cyrus's character. But the shocking reveal is going to be that the real Miley Cyrus is also a robot and she's pretending controlled by a corporation. That is going to be what the story is. And that's why I haven't watched Black Mirror because when I just see the trailers for him, I'm like, oh, I know what that's about. I know what that's about. I know what that's about. I'm really hope that's not what it's about. (laughs) Tom Cho, I completely and utterly agree with you about them bringing in big actors because Mm -hmm. that like goes against the culture of Black Mirror. What I love about Black Mirror is having no idea who who these people are and being totally invested in the story. Mm -hmm. So I also did not like the fact that Miley Cyrus was in there. Uh, It feels all the way wrong, but I love Black Mirror so much that I know that I'm still going to enjoy the story and still going to be a fangirl. So I I know exactly what you're talking about. It like goes against the culture of mm-hmm. Black Mirror. 100%. So turn off to the trailer, but I'm going to watch Black Mirror. 
Yes. All right. Well, we can't review every single trailer that comes out, but if there's something that you want us to review on Trailer Talk or if there is some entertainment news you want us to talk about, please let us know. All right. So it's time to move on. Here on Last Weekly, no matter how rough or crazy or weird a week gets, we like to end with the good stuff. So, co-host, what was your favorite thing about the past week? And if you're feeling cranky, you can say what your least favorite thing about the week was. Sherry, ladies first. Okay, so guys, I'm so excited (laughs) because I finally finished all of all of season two of Star Trek Discovery. I'm so happy. There were so many moments. I like binge watched about six episodes today, so I really got through it. Um, I there were so many moments where I was crying, and it was so epic, and it was big and oh it was so good I, I think that's all that I can say and and what was really weird was how they wound us up to oh god I wish I knew what I was talking about that old first freaking Star Trek show the black and white one what there was is, no you mean the original series there was no it was never in black again well the you original mean, like it wound the classic us, yeah yeah it like wound us up to the classic Star Trek at the end, which was really weird. So I guess there was some time thing going on. I don't know. But I loved it so much. I really love Sinequa Martin Green and Shazad Latif. And I, I oh, it was so good. It was I cried a lot. Wow. All right. Well, you've given me some good news because I've been holding off getting CBS All Access until the whole season two was done. So I could basically watch it in one glorious month and then drop uh, CBS All Access like a hot rock. So thank you. I will be getting it this weekend and watching season two of Star Trek Discovery. It is so good. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, Tom, what was your favorite thing about the week? Um, I don't have a favorite thing. I have a least favorite thing this time. Um, I really feel like this week it it was kind of like I had an epiphany where I'm like, nothing is going to happen as far as our government. Like, I thought that this week the Democrats had a chance to actually um, hold people accountable, to move forward, to say, hey, we're going to impeach them ever. Um, we're going to hold Barth in contempt. We're going to hold... Um, it, just, it just seemed like the, the, we're just at a point where it's all politics. Nothing's going to move forward in this country. We have two parties. They're never going to meet. And, and one party's too scared to actually do their due diligence and do what they got to do. Uh, I'm going to call... De- they, should, they need a new flavor. It should be called Democrat Soft. It's like vanilla... That's been out left outside for too long, and it's not hard at all. Democrats off, and I just—it's it, just really upsetting to, to just know that the next two years, basically, or what's remaining of this person's term, is just gonna—nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna move forward. Nothing's gonna happen for our country. Uh, we're gonna have two parties that can't reach a compromise either to, to do things for the country or to get this man out of office. So it was just very disappointing, and it's just all politics. At the end of the day, I really—we need a generational change in politics. And we need a new generation to take over because the generation we have now is completely failing us. Yeah, I, I will say AOC would not stand for this. And, and I agree with you. I, I could not be more disappointed in the idea that they're, devi- they're defying uh, uh, Congress. Uh, the president is, is engaged, actively engaged in a cover up in plain sight telling all the people not to go testify in front of Congress to annoy, uh, to ignore their subpoenas. Yeah, heads need to roll. They need to put on their big boy and girl pants mm-hmm. 
and uh, and 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 start using the power that they actually have. Because if you don't use the power you have, then you you forfeit that power, and that's what they're doing. And the Republicans would not play that. Look at what they basically did to Hillary Clinton. How many hearings and trials and stuff did they have about the, the, that damn email server uh, and Benghazi? Oh my God, endless amounts. And and Republicans are like, okay, so the Mueller report's over, so let's move. No, no more talk about that. Let's move on. No, it's not over. It's not over. And Nancy Pelosi, do not let it be over. All right. So mm-hmm. let me move on to what's uh, your favorite or least favorite okay. shit. All right. My favorite thing is actually much lighter than yours, I have to say. All right. Two months after Cook County prosecutors abruptly dropped all the charges against Jesse Smollett mm-hmm. uh, 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 for staging a hate crime attack on himself, a judge ordered Smollett's a criminal file unsealed. Uh, judge uh, Stephen Walken said Jesse Smollett can't claim privacy rights after he went before TV cameras after his case was dismissed. These are not the actions of a person seeking to maintain his privacy or uh, 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 simply be left alone. And the judge also called out Smollett's lawyers for granting multiple media interviews discussing the case after it was sealed, saying that uh, he blew his privacy argument uh, uh, in the process, and I couldn't agree more. The idea, first of all, you were lucky as hell. I don't know what kind of secret deal you made to get this case to go away. Um, uh, whatever, however it happened, how Jupiter aligned with Mars, because you were insanely guilty. Anybody who's being honest will say so. And the fact that he was able to skate, you think that you would quietly sl- uh, slink off? No, he's going all over the place going like, I'm innocent. See, this proves it, y'all. No, it didn't prove anything. And you were not vindicated. Having a case drop does not mean you were vindicated. Vindication means being proven innocent, which you were not. You are guilty. We know it. You have gotten Empire canceled. Your co-stars should be just uh, pushing you down a flight of stairs. You are dirt. You are crap. You have made things harder for other people who will actually be involved and be uh, in a hate crime. They were gonna, there's going to be more doubt about their, about their cases because of you. What the, the, the harm you've caused people is irreparable. And uh, I am done. Done. I'm so glad this is going to come out and people will actually be able to see what you tried to keep sealed. You should have sealed those friggin' lips. Tell us how you feel. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So <laughs> we can't cover every story, but we do want to cover what you want to hear us talk about. So if you see a story during the week that you want us to recap, or if you want to share your favorite or in Tone's case, least favorite thing about the week, let us know. You can do it in a variety of ways. You can leave us a voice message uh, using the Anchor app, and now you can use uh, leave us a voice message on the Lemur app as well. And you can reach out to us on Twitter at Last Weekly, or you can get to us old school style, sending us an email at uh, uh, send it to Last Weekly Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. So thank you so much for listening and join us for the next episode of Last Weekly because the week doesn't end. Say it with me. Until, until we, we say, say so. so. Ooh, that was close. <laughs> Bye. Good night. Good night.
Bye.